Welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Powercast. I'm your host, N64 Josh, for this Nintendo News Minute. I want to let you guys know that you can get these episodes ad-free by subscribing on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Jumping right into this thing, NintendoLife.com. Just kind of a random article. says, making Miyamoto happy isn't the goal of developer of development according to the Pikmin 4 creators. And they say I hope people don't take this the wrong way. So from the looks of things Game Informer did an interview with uh with some of the devs from Pikmin 4. And so here's here's uh here's what it says. Shigeru Miyamoto is perhaps the most legendary figure in all of gaming and over the years We've heard plenty of stories about how he's often changed the course of development or come up with a groundbreaking idea that's changed the industry forever. Although he's a living legend, legend, Pikmin 4 chief and programming director Yuji Kondo recently mentioned in an interview with Game Informer how it's not just about making Mr. Miyamoto happy during the development cycle. Here's part of the exchange. Game Informer asks, I imagine it's scary to have Miyamoto Look at your game and offer feedback. How do you feel about that process of working with a legend like Miyamoto? Kondo, I always feel honored to be able to work with Mr. Miyamoto. With that said, I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but we don't work on a game with the goal to make Mr. Miyamoto happy. Kondo added to this, explaining how deep discussions with Miyamoto normally lead to the thoughts about how thoroughly teams have considered a game's design. And this can result in scenarios where adjustments are made or ideas are added based on Miyamoto's feedback. One scene in Pikmin 4 that Miyamoto apparently put a lot of care and thought into was the scene where the GBA drops and pops open, according to Pikmin 4 planning director um, Yutaka Hiramuki. Uh, Miyamoto mentioned himself during Nintendo's Ask the Developer interview series for Pikmin 4, how he realizes his words carry a lot of weight, describing how people would often get flustered if he provided a random bit of feedback during the development phase of a game. Miyamoto has taken a step back over the past decade and is now overseeing projects and sharing his knowledge of game design with younger developers at Nintendo. In an interview earlier this year, touching on what Nintendo would one day be without him, Miyamoto said it would probably be the same. In that sense, everyone has a shared understanding of what it is to be Nintendo within the company. What what a cool sentiment there. And pretty interesting to hear that, you know, it, it makes sense to me that it's not about just pleasing Mr. Miyamoto, but of course, taking his feedback. And it's you can you can pick up the importance of what it means, you know, shared an understanding of what it is to be 
Nintendo within the company. And that's, that's, that's honestly really, really amazing. And it just speaks to the, to the leadership at Nintendo and the passion that is there for everybody involved in, in making the games. And I'm here for it. I, I think that's a, it's a big reason why Nintendo has weathered so many storms. The, the, even when the hardware was, was somewhat lackluster or not doing so well, the software usually delivered. And that, uh, that, that, I don't see why that changes anytime soon. And I will say this, as I'm staring at the screen here and seeing the Game Boy Advance SP in Pikmin 4, I am going to, uh, I'm going to pick that game up. I'm, I think I'm going to pick it up tomorrow, actually. I might even go pick it up right after this episode, because I just got the bug all of a sudden. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm going to do that. So you guys are going to hear a few more impressions from, from Pikmin 4. Don't tell the guys. I they they think I've one hundred percented it, but don't don't tell them. Okay, don't 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 let them know. <laughs> Moving right along here, uh, Nintendo and Jack's Pacific announces surprise Bowser Bash. What does this mean? What does this mean? So Nintendo has announced it will be hosting a special event called Bowser Bash next week with the assistance of Jack's Pacific. There, uh, there have not really been any specific details provided just yet, but it's going to take place ahead of Halloween on Friday the 13th of October between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Um, Jack Specific is a toy maker, so there could potentially be some Mario-themed products up for grabs. Nintendo will be hosting a special event on Saturday the 14th as well, between the hours of 11 a.m. and 2 p.m where Super Mario-themed costumes are encouraged to be worn. Entry will be on a first-come, first-served basis at both events. So, if you are part of this bash, you might want to plan ahead. There you go. Who's gonna, let me know in the, in the comments if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be heading out to the, the Bowser bash, the tweet from Nintendo New York says, save the date, mark your calendars for Friday the 13th, because Jack specific is throwing a Bowser bash at Nintendo New York city. Uh, bring your friends and family to a fierce party from five to 7 PM. Entry is on a first come first serve basis. Ooh, it sounds like it might be kind of spooky. Wonder if we're going to see any kind of uh, announcements or new toys, uh, possibly uh, at this event. Have to wait and see what uh, what comes of it. This is just a random article from Nintendo Life, but apparently, Super Mario Brothers Wonder gets a fan made NES commercial, and it's brilliant. And their little tagline says, now you're playing with wonder. So I'm going to go ahead and click the video here. You guys won't be able to hear it or anything, but it starts off like a very, very old school NES commercial. Like we're talking like really, really crummy computer graphics, right? And then a hand-drawn Elephant Mario. Oh my goodness. And everything looks... As if this was being made in Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3, but as an NES game. It is absolutely brilliant. That is so cool. That's not what I was expecting whatsoever, but that was awesome. 
there must have been some really interesting mods that they could have that they they had to have done. It was a very it was a mix of Mario two, Mario three, and then you had like very much the way Mario Maker, just like you know, you get the mushroom power up and you see the each character what they would look like within. Uh, each of those games when the you know there were different power-ups right but each game had um i, I believe now now my mind's kind of going blank but regardless you could see an 8-bit mario elephant or a luigi elephant is what they showed in the trailer super cool worth checking out you guys uh you can just do a search for um looks like lewis do commercial um youtuber lewis do commercial and or just do a just do a search for Super Mario Bros. Wonder English commercial commercial 1988 fan made. So go and check it out. It's just 30 seconds, but it is great. I I highly recommend going going and watching it because uh, it's 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 awesome. And here the article reads: um, uh, Lewis has done all of the sprite work himself much of it looks like a blend of mario 2 and 3 like i said uh visual style but of course given there's a new elephant power-up lewis had to create a custom sprite for those the flower coins and wonder seed and more uh, there's also some unique box art for the supposed nes game clearly inspired by the box art for super mario brothers 2 featuring elephant mario and it looks very authentic to the original 80s art style and it really does kind of kind of put a little little smile on my face honestly seeing seeing something like that i loved it um speaking of kind of you know a little bit of like history here guys you're going to want to tune into my tiktok because uh or youtube shorts or wherever wherever you consume your short form video content i put it everywhere but I'm going to be putting up some videos of the Nintendo Power Museum where you can see some of the classic artwork uh, from the Nintendo Power magazines that's 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 displayed wherever this Nintendo Power uh, Museum goes. So make sure to check out the uh, check out the, my my TikTok or, or YouTube because I'm going to have those up. I'm hoping to have them edited this week. So they're they're really really cool, and it was such a such a joy being able to to check those out. And not to mention, we are going to get um, the uh, the 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 man behind the Nintendo Power Museum on the show to talk about talk about his passion for Nintendo and what what drives him to get this museum going and uh, keep it going. So pretty cool stuff there. Uh, this is a, kind of an interesting interesting article from Nintendo Life. And it reads, Switch 2 doesn't really need backwards compatibility uh, as much as we all want it. I don't, we're going to dig into this article a little bit because I saw it and usually when they, they write the random ones, I don't, I don't typically, I don't typically bite. But I was like, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. So it says, first things first, I would love Switch 2 to be backwards compatible. Um, in an ideal world, I'd love every new system to be compatible with the last and prior generations too. Every time a new console rolls around, my backlog of previous, uh, uh, Jenner Jenner's gets buried beneath another layer of digital dust before getting lost um, altogether in the swell of shiny new games and the shiny new system. There's a huge peace of mind benefit to being able to pack up my old console, knowing that there's uh, I can still play all of its games on the new hotness. I, I'm here for it. Like you know, I, I want to see I want to see backwards compatible with this thing. It says, however, fresh rumors surrounding the Nintendo Switch successor emerge freshly churned from the rumor mill on a weekly basis and i find myself realizing that nintendo's next console doesn't really need backwards compatibility in fact it needs it less than any previous nintendo console and perhaps any console ever i don't understand 
The ability to play GameCube games on Wii or Wii games on Wii U made upgrading upgrading a marginally easier easier decision. But the reality is that I would have gotten the new system eventually, regardless. For lifelong gamers, convenience and peace of mind are the two main reasons we care so much about still being able to process previous gen games on our new systems. The peace of mind that we still have the direct and immediate access to our existing library without the inconvenience of digging out the old console to worry if it still works. Being able to trade in old hardware, blah, 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 like... Let's see. Okay, here we go. So, however, the more obsessive gamers among us are likely to keep our old consoles. Keeping your trusty Switch in a state of readiness is an easier ask than the bulky home consoles. No need to worry about uh, airflow or finding space or collecting cables. Worst case scenario, I pick it up out of the drawer and charge it for a while. So, I kind of get, I kind of get it, but I don't want it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And I don't think it's happening. The reason I thought I would talk about this a little bit is because I just don't see it happening. I can't imagine them changing Nintendo Switch Online to Nintendo Online. They could. Don't get me wrong. They could. But I think I think if they're going to call this next system the Switch 2, which in my mind, they've, they really should. Like, do not go away from this hybrid uh, style. Give us handheld. Give us... Allow us to play on the screen, the big screen, and don't. It needs to be backwards compatible. Okay, we got to be able to play th those old games. Now, it's Nintendo. Nintendo is a business. Is there a very real possibility that games like Super Mario Kart Eight, or I'm sorry, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Deluxe, end up? Uh, end up getting announced you know instead of uh, mario kart 9 or 10 or whatever it's going to end up being called because of tour and and whatever else mario kart live i'm not even sure there's more money there now could they still sell the upgraded version could they could they allow you to upgrade to the hd the deluxe deluxe version with um with with the new system perhaps that might that might be end up being the case but all that being said, the reason this article really, really kind of stuck out to me is in one of my one of my Twitter groups where it's uh, the Xbox Factor podcast crew. This article was put in there and they're just like they're just kind of shaking their heads like how how could Nintendo fans be OK with this? And so that's the question I'm going to pose to you. And you can let me know over on um over on Spotify. And remember, for October, 
leave a comment over on Spotify for a chance to win an eShop gift card. I will announce the winner for the September eShop gift card this week. So stay tuned for that. But let me know. Do you think it is, ne- it is, it is necessary for the Switch 2 to be backwards compatible? Is it a deal breaker for you? Of course, for me, it's not. I got to keep this show going. I got to keep playing Nintendo games. But would I be vocal about it? Would I be highly disappointed? Yeah. There would be an element of, of frustration. Now, if the system is a massive leap forward and they go away from using the carts and it's back to discs or something along those lines, I get it and I'll give it a pass. But for those with a digital library, that's also a hard pill to swallow when we know that we're going to lose access to that at some point because we always have. To me, this is where Nintendo needs to keep moving uh, moving forward, but also do not leave anything behind at this point. We've, we've lost the ability to go back to the Wii U. I've lost the ability to go back to the Wii, the DS, the 3DS when it comes to online. It's time to change that. And, and, and hopefully... Hopefully, there's there's even an opportunity where, you know, if you're playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Deluxe, and of course, I'm just being facetious, um, it would still be cross-platform with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and we could still all be racing up until the new Mario Kart, which I believe there's a very real possibility that the new Mario Kart would be a launch title, but due to how much it has sold, I don't know. I was going to say they might... They might wait till there's a little bigger install base, but I don't think it'll matter. In fact, it would not surprise me in the slightest if Mario Kart 9, if you will, didn't come out as a launch and was launched on both the Switch and the new Switch to ensure that they are getting maximum coverage for that game to make as much money with it as possible. Be interesting to see if that is the, if that is the case. And you guys will have to remind me as we come back to this, uh, you know, come back to this in about a year from now, if, uh, if the new Switch, the new Mario Kart come out, if that same game also comes out on the regular Switch. I think it's a very real possibility, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, there is upcoming DLC for Proteus. Uh, it says the Elder Veil, and it looks utterly ridiculous and brilliant. It says Doom Eternal meets Bayonetta. And looking at a handful of the screenshots, it is, uh, it's looking like a, a boomer shooter. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent Doom-style shooter for old-school old FPS fans. And I'm trying to remember this one. I, th- I don't know if I remember playing it or not. I want to say I do. I may have played it on Xbox, possibly, but the, uh, the, the new... The new DLC, it does have a it does have a really, really good look. So um, it does say we've got a new grappling hook that seems to take inspiration from Halo Infinite and Doom Eternal. While the overall aesthetic has a certain Bayonetta vibe to it, don't you think? The enemies boast angelic uh, wings and halos looking like they've been plucked straight from um, Paradiso uh, and into the firing line of the beloved super shotgun. So um, I remember the box art for this game. I remember, I just don't remember if I played it or not. I'm gonna have to go back and check and see if it is in, if it is in my library or if it is something that I played on the Xbox on Game Pass. And I think that is the case on this one. So we'll just have to see. Well, the Nintendo 64 
is uh, is in the news right now, and that's because there is a rare Nintendo 64 controller from 1998 that is set to fetch a thousand pounds at auction. So, what is up with this controller? Well, it says in a heartwarming tale of nostalgia and unexpected discovery. Plumber Liam Clousdale is about to part ways with a cherished relic from his teenage years. A Nintendo 64 gaming controller he received as a 14th birthday gift in 1998. Little did Liam Liam know that this controller, a token of his youth, youth, would turn out to be a rare special edition, potentially one of fewer than 200 in existence worldwide. Liam's Nintendo 64 Fox Data Silver Leopard customized controller is generating buzz in the gaming community and is slated to go under the hammer of Hanson's auctioneers on October 17th with an estimated value of 1,000 pounds. Reflecting on the past, Liam shared, I got the pad as a birthday gift from my parents in 1998 when I was 14. At the time, my family lived in Cumbria and we relied on magazines like Nintendo 64 magazine for gaming news. The Fox Data N64 was unique because it was the only console to feature four ports for controllers. Each of my friends had their own customized pad to avoid confusion during multiplayer games. Liam continued, the Fox Data ones were amazing to me at the time. They were officially uh, they were official pads with custom paint jobs. I used to I used it a fair amount and loved having the craziest looking pad. Although the N sixty four has long since been packed away, I am still an avid gamer. This is so interesting to me. And uh, the controller looks I mean it's leopard print. It looks like a kind of a a silver like a silver kind of goldish colored controller that has leopard print all over it. Um, so it said the journey to discovering the controller's true worth began with a friend mentioning that a Fox data pad had sold for a considerable sum. Liam decided to unearth his old controller from a box in the loft and was astonished by its potential value. He reached out to Hanson's, a renewed, a renowned auction house specialized in toys and video games. And the rest, as they say, is history. David Wilson Turner, head of Hanson's Toys and Video Game Auctions, explained, Liam's controller was released in the late 1990s, but Fox Data as part of the range of our four, um, by Fox Data as part of a range of four different designs. This range has become increasingly sought after in the video game market. Although information is limited, it's, be- it's believed that Fox Data produced around 800 of these custom controllers across four designs, making Liam's controller a rarity with the potential Uh, with potentially less than 200 in existence. So what a neat relic to have. It's sad that he's, that he's parting with it, but hopefully, hopefully being that it is rare is it is as rare as it is. Hopefully this ends up in a museum and in some place where, where plenty of people can enjoy it because this is, this is really cool. And the controller of course looks a little different than what, uh, you know, what we're used to seeing in the States. There's like an extra, um, there, there's something going on with the wiring right at the port, so I'm not real sure what's happening there. But the overall design is very cool, and I would have loved to seen some of this stuff over here in the states. Of course, I loved all the clear controllers, and uh, I still want to see those come back for Nintendo Switch Online. I would, I would, ugh, my wallet would hate me, but I would be all about it. Well. Pokemon fans overwhelmed the Van Gogh Museum for merch. Pokemon Company apologizes for it being sold out so quick. Um, here's their statement from Twitter. We apologize to all the fans eagerly awaiting our Pokemon Center 
um, across Van Gogh Museum released today. Due to overwhelming demand, all of our products from this collection have sold out. We understand this is disappointing to many who are looking to our official email and social media um, channels for guidance on how and when to purchase. We are actively working on ways to provide more Pikachu with gray felt hat promo cards for fans shopping at Pokemon Center in the future. Details will be released at a later date. Thank you for understanding and continued support. Yeah, it's... Uh, it was it was pandemonium. I don't know if you guys saw any of the videos, but um, I'm playing one right now, and it's just like it it looks like uh, like how like Black Friday used to be, where people were running over each other and just like uh, it's wild. It's wild. I don't I don't know. I it's it's just such a bummer that the majority of this is going to end up in the the hands of fans, but not before scalpers get get rich off of it and that is just unfortunate well last thing we have here is a leak from capcom okay it says leaker says capcom is preparing monster hunter 6 for nintendo switch 2 i'm listening um it says more rumors are circulating today regarding nintendo's long-awaited successor to the nintendo switch following far cry 7 nintendo universe editor uh uh, I'm not sure the name Necro Necroleap, I think says that Capcom is preparing the next gen dubbed Monster Hunter six for the new Nintendo system alongside the PlayStation five and Xbox Series X and S. It's not difficult to believe the latest rumor as Monster Hunter games have always performed well financially for developer Capcom on Nintendo systems. We will know for sure when the platform is officially unveiled by Nintendo again not surprised whatsoever to see that monster hunter would make its way a, a new monster hunter would be making its way to the switch too. like monster hunter uh, uh has done so well on 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 the switch and it was in such a fantastic game uh it 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 honestly makes me sad i don't play it more because it is so so good and uh can't wait to see what what it could possibly what it could possibly be on on next gen like i've watched my son play the current monster hunter on on pc with the graphics turned way up on a real nice television set like or yeah, it's a monitor but it's it's i don't know it's like a, an lg um c1 or so it's one of the one of the nicer ones where you can get 120 fps and um a 4k and everything good hdr and the game looked beautiful but it still looked like it was a switch game kind of up converted if this next switch can uh, be much more powerful than the than the original switch, we're gonna be in we're gonna be in for a treat. I think when it comes to uh, being able to play some of these games handheld, that uh, you know, looking like we're playing a, a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One game is the rumor, and I'm all about it. So uh, hopefully we'll learn more soon. And if there is a new Monster Hunter on the Switch, you can stay tuned from coverage here because Capcom has been pretty good to me when it comes to the Monster Hunter series and uh, and 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 hook me up with review copies for for that. So appreciate you guys listening. You guys are the best. Remember to leave a comment over on Spotify to get entered to win the eShop gift card, and I will be doing that drawing on tomorrow's show. Thank you for everything, and we will see you in the next one. Bye, everybody.